Hello and welcome to Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach. Now, each episode, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you find a deeper understanding of yourself, to set yourself up for dating, relationship, self-love and self-empowerment success. So enjoy, take notes and get ready to apply all key messages you learn today. Hello and welcome to Real Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by yours truly, Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach, where we have open, non-judgmental, heart-to-heart conversations about love, self-love, self-care, dating and relationships. And for this week's episode, I am being joined by the amazing Spooner State. Thank you so much. We have got Meshach, we've got Annabelle here. Thank you for joining. Thank you for it's having us. Thank you for having us, Teresha. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this conversation so much because of everything that you're going to share and the amazing transformation method that you have. I'm not going to reveal it now. What I am going to do is I'm going to read out your lovely bio and share with the audience a bit more about who you are and what you do. So, Annabelle and Meshach of the Spoon Estate are intimacy alchemists and have been together for 20 years. They have cultivated a profound and ever-evolving sacred union rooted in open communication and mutual growth. Their journey has led to a love they affectionately term 1% love, a love adorned with endless supplies of love, connection, intimacy, adventure, fun and fulfillment. They have a vision to make 1% love a global phenomenon. 1% love is the type of love shared between lovers, which makes people think, how in the world do they seem to be so in love? How are they so connected and in tune? And what do I need to do to have a love like that? <laughs> Using their proprietary method, the 1% Lovers Transformation Method, they empower couples to transform their relationships into sacred unions of 1% love within 30 days. Amazing. So beautiful. So clear. And Misha Enibal, I would love for you to share with us a bit more about what led you to being intimacy alchemist and creating this notion of 1% love. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Teresa. Thank what you an so intro much. and more than anything, the energy and articulation. <laughs> was, you guys. Outstanding. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Do you want to go ahead, baby? No, you can start, my love. What inspired us? Mm. On one level, we are very committed to self-growth, self-transformation, and Mm. also making a real impact in the world and being a contribution and making a difference to others. And we have been together, as you said, for 20 years. And there was a period at which in our relationship, we're going back to the, the halfway mark of our relationship where after the first part, which had been fantastic for the most part, we were best friends. We had two to offspring at that point we'd been married and everything was going swimmingly for the most part but we hit i would say we we crossed the the honeymoon period threshold and then we went into a space where 
we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to navigate this new space where mm. we didn't really have the, set, the the injection of that initial energy, which mm. lasted for quite some time. And we found ourselves in a breaking point. And there was one distinct time at which I recall and we recall where we were in our front room mm. at home. Our two young sons were, they were very young at the time. They were upstairs just falling asleep. Mm. And th th this was a point at which it was a terrible time where we were like passing ships where we didn't really like each other. We loved each other, but we didn't really like each other at the time. We were losing attraction for each other. Annabelle had been on tour singing because we're both artists and Annabelle had been on tour. I'd been looking after the boys and she'd come back and we were in the front room and the tensions were so high and it felt like this is it. <laughs> this is it. We're done. Breaking point. And I mean, do you want to add to yeah, that? Yeah, and I remember, so we had got back home and the tension is like walking into a fridge and it, it 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 dawned on both of us actually like this this is this is bad <laughs> this mm. is going to be the day that begins the beginning of the end mm. and we had we exchanged some words and I really had to sit with myself and think and and the first question that came to mind was do I love him mm. and the answer was yes so after that point we had made a decision which was if we're going to stay together. It has to be different. Mm. So we start asking a lot of questions. What do we want our relationship to look like? Yeah. How are we going to communicate with each other? How are we going to view each other? What self-work are we going to do? And that was the beginning of the start of mm. creating what we know to be the sacred union secrets, which are things that we wish people had told us a decade before that would have cut out all the pain, the tears, the misunderstandings, mm. we got a framework of communication. Yeah. We, built, we started building a foundation, which is the beginning of our sacred union secrets. And we and we we started crafting and developing and playing and discovering and we created this framework, which is what we what we um we, we give to people now, mm. but we had to sweat and cry through it to get there. Mm. And we began the intimate see we began the fun we began the cultivation and that was literally we never looked back and the next decade was literally bliss cultivating mm -hmm. our bliss yeah and that's what we have now and we realized that we do we, that's where we we recognize and we're present to the one percent love we were doing what 99 percent of people would have done to to just call it a day we were going above we we're going beyond we we're going wider we we're going deeper mm -hmm. and we were so much better for it yeah. yeah, and I'll say this, that harking back to what I was saying initially when I started explaining the journey and saying that we are committed to self-work and also to being a contribution and an mm. impact in the world, mm. we came to a point at which we're like, in order to be a contribution, or if we want to be a contribution, this is the best way in which we can be a major contribution, Yes, is sharing what we've yeah. discovered and what we've curated for ourselves and what have enabled us to transform our relationship time and time again in spite of the circumstances yeah. we now need to share this with people yeah and it's more than a mission it's actually a commission we feel like it's a divine commission yeah. to share this now one that yeah. we did not want to take because initially it's the it's the whole it's the was it the magnitude of helping other people and then exposing our relationship yeah but it was bigger than us. We wanted to have something that we could pass down to our sons. And mm. then it bigger and bigger and wider and wider. And that's yeah. now 
to be of service in this way is an absolute joy. Mm. And it means that we get to share with people from a place of relatability because we, you know, thinking about that day is still visceral for us. Mm. We still mm. feel, we can feel the iciness. We can feel that, oh my goodness, from yeah. tomorrow, you're not my best friend. You're not my life partner. You're going to be something else. Mm, wow. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's now it's a joy to actually share what we've cultivated. Mm. So beautifully explains because what I'm hearing there is that you are creating a legacy for not only yourself and your family, but also allowing people to create their own personal legacies when it comes to their lives, when it comes to their sacred unions too. And when you started to cultivate these new practices and habits in order to move your sacred union to where it is right now, Looking back now, what have you identified that you weren't doing that led you to the point of that freezy, icy moment that you had? <laughs> I, mean, I would say everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything. <laughs> everything. We were on a conveyor belt of honeymoon bliss for a long period. And it was a yeah. conveyor belt that was autonomous. It was automatic. We didn't need to do anything because we were in this space where it was just cool. We were just cool. We were best friends. We'd yeah. known each other for years. Everything was fine. Everything ah. was fine. Ah. But then we realised you run out of love sometimes. Not And, and you know, we got to the point where love wasn't enough. Mm. We to do the work. And bless us. We, had, we didn't know. We just, you know, yeah. it was like, oh, I love him. I love her. Let's have yeah. children. Let's get Let's married. Move into, let's get married. Mm. And that was beautiful. And to go a decade, you know, credit to us, bless us in our <laughs> unrealised selves, we did really well, but yeah, there's work. There's a work that takes place, and I think with a lot of relationships that mm. we've seen, um, you know, just from speaking to people, clients, and all sorts of things, we see that love isn't enough. There's a work that needs to be done. We we had to reframe who we are now versus who we're not. We had to make sure we were looking at each other for who we are now. Mm. We had to be intentional with our time with each other. We had to have a goal. Yeah, We had to create all these things. We had to set ourselves up to win by being present, by doing the self-work, by cultivating, by building, by implementing and being in action. That was the difference. Yeah. And some of the words that you were jumping out there that can make relationships become quite stale and in the, just doing go in the motion was, it's cool, it's fine. When you say those kind of words, it's just not very exciting, is it, when it comes to relationships and sacred unions so is that kind of language that we must pick up on to say if things are just cool and just fine it kind of means that you are still in that past situation of that previous world that you were and not necessarily moving forward and having that growth work so you guys are using the term sacred union could you, you know how would you articulate a difference, if there is a difference between a sacred union and the traditional relationships, love partnerships. <laughs> Thank you for asking. The way we identify it is when we're sacred union in the context that we're speaking about, it is inextricably linked to 1% love. Mm. And in essence, a 1% lover and a, one, a set of 1% lovers, if you will, are those who no matter what the circumstances, they are committed to doing what it takes to experiencing mm -hmm. endless supplies of love, intimacy, connection, fun, adventure, and fulfillment together. A traditional relationship 
to my knowledge and to our knowledge doesn't have those distinctions. Mm. And a sacred union of 1% love has those distinctions. Mm. A sacred union of 1% love is characterized by the trait of, if I'm in this, I'm committed to having the best. I'm committed to having it all at all costs. Mm. I'm committed at taking each and every circumstance and situation, every breakdown and looking at what's possible, what breakthrough is possible and what transformation is possible and what reality is possible on the other side of that breakdown or those breakdowns. And the sacred union also can never break from the outside in. If it does, it's always from the inside out and then there's a reset. There's mm. a reset because there's a commitment which is we're committed to each other's personal growth. You cannot have a sacred union without first doing the self-work Mm. And the sacredness is that you're both committed to self and to each other's growth. That's the part of it that makes it sacred. And, mm. and, and it's, again, it's the cultivation of that. And it's the constant practice of that. Because you don't just, it isn't just handed to you. You establish it and then you practice it and you mm. get it wrong. But because of what you're committed to, sorry, you get you, you not wrong. I like to use the word you, workable. Yeah, you fall over. You fall over <laughs> yeah. and you get up. And it is a practice of that because of that commitment. Because in a traditional relationship, if, if you know, one isn't doing the self-work or it's not working, you can just go, oh, it's not working. Mm. There's no discovery and looking from what, where and, and holding each other accountable. Where have I contributed to this breakdown? Mm. How can I allow this breakdown to be a breakthrough? It's just that it's not working. And the sacredness of it is that we continue to cultivate. We continue to look in and to pour in and to, and to look in and to pour in. And that's the difference. Oh, amazing. So beautifully articulated there, both of you. And the word that you used several times there was commitment to the dynamics, to the sacred union, to each other. And also you spoke about self-work. So the self-work, I would imagine, is part of the growth now, the self-work that you do yourself or you encourage your clients to do, how independent is that from each other? Because you've got this sacred union, for example. So self-work, how does that look for each party? Well, with the self-work, it's something we put as a suggestion because I believe that and we believe that the self-work, what works for one person might not work for another mm. one. So we yeah. can suggest things like shadow work, mirror work and get people to go away and do their independent um, research. But as a base level, it's sitting, being present and looking. It's uh, it's looking at our unworkable behaviours. It's praising our workable behaviours. It's that as a base. So that's something we would say, go away and have a look. Go and look at what triggers you. Go and look at what evokes joy. Go and look at what makes you want to push forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's as a base. It's sitting and being present with the self because yeah. you take you wherever you go. And you're putting oh, yeah. yourself into your sacred union. So yeah. it's sitting and looking at that. And then it's partnering with your... And because sacred union and 1% love is also a state of mind. You can be a single person and, and be a 1% lover. But when you're making that decision to, you know, join with your other sacred... Um, with your other 1% lover, yeah. then it becomes a two-hander. So that self-work, that self-reflection is imperative. Yeah. And I would say in the context of the self-reflection, accountability, ownership and or responsibility play a massive role 
mm-hmm. what Annabelle was talking about, about being introspective and thinking about your unworkable traits, your workable traits, your triggers, your emotions, how you manage them, how you control them, how you channel them, that takes a level of ownership and responsibility. And what I always say and what we always say is that if we can look at our entire relationship, let alone our even our, our life as the result of us, what we have or haven't done, what we have or haven't thought, then we're in a much more powerful position to alter the reality that we're in. So as it relates to the self-work with Annabelle, in my particular case, I have to, in order to be the best for this sacred union, I have to be the best version of myself. And the only way I can become the best version of myself is by taking responsibility for everything about myself. And it's, and it's, uh, and we, and we just want to really, we want to press the issue that it is a vulnerable space to be in. Oh yes. It takes a lot of, you know, coming and saying, I was thinking this and this is why. And sometimes I do this. It's that. And it's trusting because of we're committed to each other's personal growth mm. that, you know, Misha's going to be a good recipient. We talk a lot in our sacred um, union and 1% love about being a good recipient. When your lover is coming to you to share something, mm. it, and that moment it's easy to crush them, you make the decision yes. not to. Yes. But it's also a practice of that because especially when we get in our feelings about things, listen the easy road is well you didn't and why did you and it's like if that one space in the world that you're going to cultivate firstly inside yourself is safe the second place is in your sacred union Mm. so it's about being a a good recipient and steward of the information that's being shared and being committed to the growth is helping with the accountability of like okay how do we replace this with something how do we transform how do we alchemize and that's where our intimacy alchemy comes in Mm. what you're sharing there is a lot about open communication which is what you shared as part of what you do and how you do it effectively and a couple of things that you were talking on that i would really like to delve into a bit more so annabelle you said about the whole vulnerable space there and doing the shadow work um Actually, for people who are listening, they might want a little bit of an explanation as to what shadow work might look like, because that might not be a familiar term for some yeah. people. No, fully. That's um, that's su- such a good, great point to raise. Shadow work is essentially looking in at the darker side of yourself. Mm. It's looking at all the things, I guess, I always say literally that cast a shadow. So it's not the lovely sprinkling stuff on top where somebody meets you and they think you're such a great person, you're attractive and charismatic. It's all the other stuff that you 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 wouldn't... It's all the stuff that's not your public face. It's how you deal with your emotions. It's how you deal with your t- temperament. It's all of that stuff. And it's looking into it and seeing where it serves and where it doesn't serve. And it's specific strategies to challenge those things and to consolidate those things and to change those things into things that you're going to help, that are going to help on the overarching face. Yes. So it's that deep inner work. It's that deep inner work for those things that nobody else sees. It's that it's it's challenging all the things you're alone with at night. Mm. Yeah. So in addition to that, looking at the root causes. Yes. What is stimulating and or triggering your yes. responses or your reactions to the world? Mm. We need to go back to the root. We can't look at the cobwebs. We have to quote unquote remove the spider as it were. Yeah. 
So, you know, one of the things that I do affirm to myself is that I embrace my shadow and I work my light because it's all about clarity and just really just acknowledging both rather than trying to push it away. Actually, you can learn so much from the shadows, just like what you're saying there, Mishak, as well, the things that might be triggering us. So when you do encourage people or you make suggestions to do this deep inner work and self-reflection, what are some of the maybe fears and objections and triggers, the common ones that you find people are coming up with that might be actually blocking them from having that sacred union? That's such a great question. The first thing is unworthiness. Some people, and and I'm talking about us as human beings, don't feel worthy of having this love that Mm. is safe and fun and vulnerable and will encourage their growth. They don't feel, if they look, really look, they don't feel what, and that could have come from, you know, these things start from, you know, being a child and not being allowed to play with a certain amount of children mm-hmm. or not getting, you know, the words of affirmation from our parents. Mm-hmm. So then we bring that into our, into our present tense and that, that feeling of, well, actually, I don't think I'm wor- worthy of that. So we self-sabotage. Yeah. Self-sabotage is another one. Okay. You know, getting in your own way and then getting to blame somebody else for it. You know, um, sometimes good old fashioned laziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to, and that's okay yeah. because there are there are seasons to to um, wanting to do the work. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just don't want to. But once you've got to the end of yourself and you're tired of what you do have, because sometimes if we don't do the work, we have more of the same until we're tired of it, or until it tires us out. Mm. And then it's like, right, what do I need to do to to change this? Yeah. yeah, it's usually the the pain. You get to that pain threshold when you're like, I just actually cannot bear this anymore yeah. because it's so deep. What you have said from the start, though, is that why were you not told this at the beginning so that you can apply it at the start of the relationship so it doesn't feel like a major piece of work to do you know, when you are maybe you're being reactive rather than proactive when yeah. it comes to the angle that you're taking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have spoken about your transformation method your one percent lovers transformation method it's a mouthful <laughs> yeah it, i just had to look at that and just get it out but That's i know cool. it's going to be <laughs> it's powerful can you share with us a bit more about what that looks like and some of the practices and techniques that you use there yeah so the one percent lovers transformation method is founded upon the sacred union secrets that annabelle's already cited we have eight sacred union secrets and they underpin the method. And then we have a bunch of other distinctions and tools and techniques that work within that framework, as it were. And it's a 30-day pathway. It's a 30-day pathway that we take couples through to take them from, as we said, that relationship state, if you will, or status through to a sacred union of 1% love. And the pathway itself is made up of four, five modules, and each of the modules is centered around two of the sacred union secrets. And mm-hmm. we give people a, a framework that they can say, well, we tell them it's a guarantee. If you follow this framework within 30 days, your relationship will look utterly different. It will look different and it will feel different, not only for others, but also for yourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And, and, then, the and then some of the other things that we use are opportunities. That's one of my favorite and I think once we discovered mm. that, so an opportunement is um, is is one of the pillars of 1% love, which is when you're having a, dis- a disagreement with your lover, you look at it as an opportunity 
to what was it? <laughs> yeah, an opportunity to 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 have a moment within. So when as you have a disagreement, yes, it's basically looking at that disagreement as an, as an opportunity moment. That's what I was looking yeah. for. So it's an, it's a moment to take the opportunity to look at it another way. Okay, mm. we're having a disagreement here. We're going back mm -hmm. and forth. What is it? What mm. is the thing? If you think about the thing, even as an entity, it's not you two versus each other. You and your lover. It's both of you versus the thing. Mm. So it's okay. How, what is the thing that's getting in our way right now? And then it's identifying that and then reframing it. Mm. So that, that's one of my favorite things. Cause that really changed the game for us. Mm. Because yeah. especially with your love, if you're going back and forth and back and forth, sometimes it's about a specific thing. And sometimes it's literally, there's, there's something that hasn't been addressed. So your lens of your lover becomes skewed. Mm -hmm. And we're communicating, and it doesn't even matter what we're saying, it's how we're viewing them that's informing where we're communicating. So we have to go, okay, what is the thing here? Yeah. Something stopping and looking is amazing. And another thing we use is um, safety words are not just for sex. So if we're having a disagreement and it's getting heated, we're very yeah. passionate in our time, we have a safety word. We mm -hmm. use the word giraffe. We use the most ridiculous word we can because it takes us out. And that when we use our safety word, our sacred safety word, we have to stop. We have to pause, but the, that we have to return at some point. Yes. Hopefully within the same day. Mm. It just gives us both a moment to just oh, and then come back. And then that's within the practice of your sacred union. Mm. And we have to both honour that sacred safety word. Yeah. And then as far as... Oh, sorry, Teresa. Just um, okay. came to mind for me is just so folks that are watching and listening are aware, mm. one of the, the first of our eight sacred union secrets is foundation. Mm. You can't, your house can't stand, and I'm using house figuratively, right? Yeah, yeah. Your house cannot stand unless there's a firm foundation, mm. unless it's built on solid ground. So foundation in this context is identifying your values, your needs, your desires, and being clear on your commitments. Mm. If you're not aware of what your values are, and by values, we simply mean that which is important to you, that at the core, which is important to you, which is ultimately your inner compass. If you haven't identified those values, each of you, and then your values don't harmonize, mm. you're, it's going to be very tricky to have a sustained relationship and also a relationship which is a sacred union of 1% love mm. because at some point or other, those values, if they haven't been identified and harmonized, if you will, they will come up and your relationship will start to hit a breaking point. It will stop, you'll start to, to have the breakdown. And if you don't have these other distinctions, as it were, i.e. sacred union secrets or other distinctions, when that breaking point comes, <laughs> it, yeah. If you're not committed to the discovery, it's going to be so painful. And that's mm -hmm. right. And that's we're speaking from experience. Yeah. Now we have a foundation. And this that's the fun bit. You get to literally, if you think of it as a jar, it's like, okay, what do we want in there? This is important to me. That's important to me. Yeah. We want this. Like one of the things we put in our foundation is that we're committed to having the difficult conversation that brings the breakthrough. So it's not that these things are not going to come. It's just how we deal with them. We've chosen mm -hmm that we're going to deal with them head on and we're going to have the difficult conversation. Babe, I need to talk to you about this. I don't like this. I've been feeling like this. Okay. Yeah. Practicing being a good recipient. Sits, listens, lets me land. 
And then you were building that. So the next time we're having a difficult conversation, we can hop back to our foundation and yeah. our way of being in the last conversation. Mm. Again, that's, that's, that's cultivating the walls of the sacred part of the union. Yeah. And a key thing that's th- stepping out for me right now is that word safety as well. Because when you can cultivate that environment where it's safe for you to be vulnerable, it's safe for you to share, you know that your partner is going to be a recipient of that information and be able to come back and respond in a way rather than reacting. Is that how can you respond in a way that is showing that you truly listen and you're reflecting and you hear that person and you see that person, you feel that person. It's so super important because like what you were saying um, Annabelle, that you know, sometimes what we might be arguing about, and we can have conflicts, and being in a sacred union is not necessarily about the absence of conflicts. <laughs> I, I think that's probably quite an unrealistic expectation to have. It's how we navigate it, it's how we respond when it does arise. And when you were talking there, like sometimes what we might be having that conflict about, when we do, when we sit down and say, what is the situation? It might not even be this situation. It could even be something that happened a little while back. It might even be something that's not related to 100%. the... 100%. So many times that is yeah. true. Isn't it? And when we actually sit down and say, so what's the facts of the situation? Actually, I've had, I've had a really bad day at work, <laughs> you know, and that is impacting on our dynamics here. So you separate the fact from the story that yes. we start to create around it and really do that exploration work. It's so powerful. And... When you were talking about your safety word, um, word being giraffe, and also coming back, like having that commitment to each other to come back to each other at a point, and hopefully it's, it's the same day, but it's having that boundary and having that, um, I guess, that clarity yeah. on what that looks like for each person. So, again, something that I was noticing that you were saying there, Annabelle, is the use of I statements when you're talking, like, I feel a certain way, I've noticed rather than you've done this or that finger pointing. Yeah. I, that that's that was such a big one, even for myself, because Misha's very in his head and I, no, I'm, I'm very in my heart and you're in your head. Yeah, on, on some level. On some on level some and level. it switches around sometimes. <laughs> so that you, you, you in that first decade, that was so rife and it was exhausting. I think the moment I realised and taking ownership, because it's very difficult when you're self-righteous about what, what is causing you pain. Mm. And it does become about them, them, them. But then what we realised is there are actually two of us in this union. So even if 80% is on one side and 20 is on the other, for my 20%, how am I contributing? And it is, and there's a liberation because you're partnering with your within your sacred union to find this thing. We're looking for this spider so we can get rid of, of these cobwebs. We're looking for it, and it means that I have to sit with okay. And it's like, no, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? And how am I acting based on what I'm feeling? And then sometimes, like you said, it is like. Oh, this just reminds me of that the first time or the way this person spoke to me today on the way to work. And now your, you know, your tone is bringing that to my mind. Yeah. I'm in defense. It's all of those things. And it's discovering. It's discovering that. It's discovering. And some things can be quite legacy. 
when you were speaking earlier, something that came to me as well was attachment styles, for example, and the way in which we were you know, raised as children by our parents and our caregivers and how that could also impact on the way that we behave and navigate our relationships growing older. And something obviously that changed for you guys like from when you met to maybe 10 years in was your beautiful sons that came into your yes. world. So do you feel, or, no, in what ways could parenthood have impacted on the dynamics that you guys had? Did you reflect on that and see any any differences? Goodness. <laughs> in what way did parenting impact? I think first and foremost for me, in that period where we started to plummet, if you will, <laughs> I didn't communicate my feelings, my desires mm. in any way or very clearly at the very least. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm someone of vision. I'm mm. someone that has a grand vision for life. Mm. And I'm someone that is very passionate about and very optimistic about manifesting that vision or those visions, if you will. And when it came to my sons and when it still comes to my sons, I have a vision for them. I have a vision for what I, what mm. I want us to achieve and experience. And going back to the point about me not communicating in the most conducive way at all is I had all these visions and I was running away. I was running forward, running ahead. Not, but we've got to do this because this yeah. is going to do this and we're setting up, but I'm not taking Annabelle on that journey. <laughs> um, I'm running ahead and I'm doing it for my sons and I'm yes. doing it for my wife. And I've got this major why, but the why itself is actually pulling me away from my wife. It's preventing me from not, let me retract that actually. It's not preventing me. I'm not seeing that there needs to be a marriage between the communication and the why, and that we need to actually hold each other's hands whilst attempting to quote unquote attain the why. why. So as it related, relates to your question about parenting, how is it affected? Well, my path, for my sons my desire to to give them everything without me actually doing it with Annabelle mm. partnering with Annabelle to achieve that a chasm started to grow and it can always grow there's never a point that we're going to be not subject to the, the a chasm grow and this is why we talk about this relationship or this sacred union being a practice Every single day you're practicing it, you're getting better at this because there's always going to be an opportunity in this life with the, the storms, etc., etc. There's always going to be an opportunity to miss the mark. Yeah. You know, so I would say that in answer to your question. Yeah. Mm. The other thing is much with parenthood, another thing we say as part of 1% love is with every season of yourself, bring your lover along with you. So that's not even necessarily just parenthood. That might be in this season now, I'm practicing boundaries. I didn't grow up with them. So this is this season. And what can happen is if you don't communicate with your lover, your lover is in love with the last iOS version of you. <laughs> and that's how you get people going, well, I don't know them anymore. Yeah. They changed. Yes, of course they have. Yeah. yeah. We can't go through life being the same. The only thing that that you know that doesn't change, I think, are our eyeballs. That's it. Everything else is going to change. Mm. So it's like we have to consolidate. Like, do you know what? Right now in this season, I feel like I'm this. 
and it's communicating. And at that, you know, that first decade we had, we were changing at a rapid rate and we were yeah. not communicating. Yeah. We just weren't. So we did get to the point where it was like, who are you? Yeah. And then that, that, and then that, you know, that journey to lead that person is easy because you don't know them. You know well, the last person. Yeah. This person, you're like, okay, you look like the person, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it is that communication. It is that communication. And it's being okay knowing that the season's gonna come. So in this season, it's our first time being parents. In this season, it's our first time being parents to our children yeah. being six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten. It's our in this season, it's our first season um you know being more confident with what we want it's it's that and it's keeping that is practicing that communication and bringing your lover with you into the new ios do you know what mm. i mean and it's so important i love that like, no, i prefer version 2.0 this this 5.0 ain't working for me so it's like what you were saying emily shack is going on your own maybe individual journey and not given the invitation to Annabelle to join you along that journey and have that communication about what that journey looks like. And something that when you were speaking now, I thought, well, that feels very masculine, typical masculine energy, basically what you're saying and you're stepping into that role. Now, I'm not sure whether this forms part of your transformation method, either directly or indirectly. Would you say, you know, how important would you say it is the marrying of masculine energy and feminine energy, if you guys are both into that concept or notion, into having that sacred union? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's so it's so wonderful because um, there's there have been there've been a, a handful of clients that we've had, and we that has come up. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there are times where I absolutely operate my masculine, yeah, and Misha operates in his feminine, and and it's one of the things about us individually that I love that ability to move between. And for me, it's refreshing. It's refreshing mm -hmm. especially to see that in, in you know, the man I've chosen to walk this life with. But they work in tandem within ourselves, first of all, because you cannot go your whole life operating in your masculine. At some point, you're going to burn out. Yeah. And you cannot go your whole life operating in your feminine. At some point, you're going to miss a lot of things. Mm. So it's about working and playing with flow, being present to flow and dancing with that. And knowing where, oh, I need my feminine to come to the fore whilst my masculine holds the fore and vice mm. versa. It's about being very present with where each needs to show up, where I need to be soft and still and listen, or where I need to be firm and to move forward. So it's that. And and the two exist within ourselves mm. and, and we work with those within our sacred union. And it's like knowing where to give space to lead and space to fall back. And it's that play, it's that constant play and flow. And yeah. I'd say this, that just to keep it really simple, not that that wasn't simple and beautifully articulated, but for anyone that isn't aware of what masculine and feminine mm. mean in practice, yes, explain yeah. we're talking about will and emotions. Yes. We're talking about the marriage of the will and the emotions. The order and then the construction. Yeah, we're talking about your willfulness to achieve a thing mm -hmm. and then the emotions marriage marrying your emotions with the willfulness to achieve that thing so that you can you can have balance you know i can't be so willful so driven so determined without being able to be emotive and i can't be fully emotive without having a willfulness and a, de a de determination to control my emotions and one of my favorite quotes is this, that 
emotions make mm. wonderful servants but terrible mm. masters. He says that to our sons often. <laughs> right? That's that, a powerful quote. Right. That's the will and the emotions, right? The will, you house your emotions within the will. Your mm. will, your determination, your overarching paradigm of life, right? So in simple terms, it's about the marriage and the will, will of your will and your emotions. I love how you've broken that down. And when you use that, you know, just, just come to me as well. Will starts with W. Emotions, E. The marrying is the we. It comes, ah, job. let's yeah. trademark that one. So we come collaborate and trademark that together. Come on. Come on, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's what does come. It's the we. It's the will mm. and it's the emotion. It's come oh. together. And that was so, you know, magically articulated there between both of you because it is the marrying of those two energies and knowing how to dance and be in flow and to embrace both of those energies when it comes to the dynamic. Something I have heard you both talk about, and I want to make sure I get this right, soul gazing. Yes. Soul gazing. Can you explain a bit more about that and how that works? Because it sounds so beautiful. Soul gazing is beautiful. It is wonderful. It's got its roots in Tantra, um, which is, you know, the more sensual, sexual side of connection and intimacy. But it's ultimately sitting with your lover. And you can do this in the mirror of yourself as self-work. And you sit. And the way we do it is we started off, was it with a minute or five minutes? Probably a minute to begin with. We started with a minute. Just and to get again, comfortable with, with sitting in that space. And you sit with your lover and you just gaze into their eyes you stare into their soul and you just let whatever's there be and sometimes mm. it means that you might cry or you might just take them in mm. but you do that and you're you're almost in energetically kind of cleaving together so yes you, you just sit and it's just intimate time you don't say a word you just take each other in through the eyes and you extend that time we start with a minute and and with our soul gasmic challenge we do that for seven days wow so it's something that you it, and it's a little bit at a time you think you know how long does anyone scroll on the toilet for or watch i don't know exactly <laughs> or keep it you know whatever netflix program is less time than that yeah and it's just putting another penny in the jar in your intimacy another penny in the journey intimacy yeah and one thing that came up when we last did our challenge the soulgasmic challenge which was last month it wasn't too long ago is we got to day five mm. and we our aim and objective within the challenge is to do seven consecutive days. It's about five minutes per day. Mm. We got to day five and we had done five consecutive days and then we had started to have some hiccups. Life showed up <laughs> and we missed a day and then the sixth day was actually on the seventh day and then the mm. seventh day was actually on the tenth day. And what came up for me personally was this on the seventh day. And we actually shared this on Instagram in, in the description on one of our posts on the seventh day, because we posted it on Instagram each yeah. day is what came up is life is always going to get in the way. It's always going to, and that's the nature of life. There's nothing wrong with that. That is the, the chaos of life, right? Life is always going to get in the way. It's about how you actually deal with what's being put in front of you. Mm. And as it relates to us in our sacred union, what are we going to do with this? What, mm. what are we in our commitment to each other? 
there's something happening here. There's a disruption and it's for a reason. It's to show us something. It's to teach us something. Yeah. What is it that we can learn from this? So we learn in that soulgasmic challenge that actually sometimes you're not going to get to do things in mm. at the opportune time. You're yes. not going to be able to do things according to your plans. And that's actually all right. The question is, are you committed to each other and are you committed to seeing what is what is what the lesson is yeah because there certainly is a lesson and what's on the other side of that lesson is just again a, a different a completely new dynamic Ooh. in your relationship yeah so what i'm hearing what you're saying there is obviously life's going to get in the way because life is life we're life in right <laughs> it happens now would you still say that there is magic in crafting consciously time for each other so for example you may say because it's a practice and it's a daily practice too would you say there is magic and beauty in saying no we're going to allocate this time ideally ideally we've got some flexibility in the evenings to maybe do that soul gazing or to actually sit down and have that evaluation what's what's been working for us today what's not worked so well for us today would you see that there is still value in doing that without a doubt what one of our other sacred union secrets is familiarity. And by familiarity, what we mean is creating shared habits and rituals in order to generate unity and purpose. And in simple terms, you're gonna get this. This is the beauty of the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, the will and the emotions as it were. Polarity, this yeah. universal pattern that shows up no matter where you are, wherever you are, right? Is you're gonna have the need for rituals, you're gonna have the need for habit formation and you're gonna have the need for spontaneity. Yes. These two are, they're, they're in a dance with each other. Yeah. And it's about having that balance where you're not ov so overly ritualistic that you m miss the spontaneity, mm -hmm. but you're not overly spon so overly spontaneous that you miss the importance of the ritual. So familiar familiarity being one of the sacred union secrets is create your shared habits and rituals together. Now, these don't need to be overly adventurous. These are your pillars. These are your mainstays that keep you anchored on some level. In addition mm -hmm. to the foundation you've laid, they keep you anchored. And if you miss the, the curated time, that's all right. But you know that, all right, we missed a day. It doesn't mean that we need to start missing each uh -huh. and every time because we've missed a day, right? Yeah. We just go back to the drawing board and we, we begin again. And, and in the spirit of talking about polarity, with, when you get to a point in your relationship where it isn't working, you have practiced an unconscious habit, which is missing each other. And you haven't allotted for that time. Yeah. But it's happened and it's happened and it's happened. And the compound effect, effect is, you know, something isn't working. So if you think about the polarity of that, which is scheduling and being intentional, the compound effect of that is a deeper sense of intimacy. So it's taking, it's, it's basically taking your unconscious and, and consciously using that time. Yeah. You're alchemizing that time as to something else. Because mm -hmm. most of the point, like we said, when you get to the point where you had a breakdown, yeah. you've been breaking. You haven't just fallen, you've broken down. Yes. So you build yourself up to intimacy. Mm -hmm. You build the intimacy, you practice it. So it's practicing allotting the time. It's practicing talking about your intention. Mm. It's practicing looking at your foundation. It's practicing yeah. re-looking at your commitments. Yeah. So it yeah. behooves you almost to a lot of the time. And if you miss it, to find another space. And if you miss it,
to find another space. Yeah, yeah. And reviewing that with compassion too. 100%. From, from when you are doing that, it's just having that kindness, having that compassion for yourself yeah. and also for it because we can beat ourselves up. You know, when we have, oh man, the, our streak is over. We've ruined the streak and you can right. really, you know, really start to beat ourselves up about it. But it's reviewing it with compassion yeah. and creating that habit, as you said, because often why we might self-sabotage or things come in the way it can be our own internal blockages because it's not normal and natural for us. So if something doesn't feel normal and natural, it can create a fear and it can make us feel a little bit like, oh, I'm out of my comfort zone. But the more, like you say, you practice the habits, you do it regularly, then it does become normal and natural and yeah. almost second nature. You might just do it on the go and not so you've got that spontaneity like what you're saying there, Mishak. So it might not feel so structured, but we do... I definitely feel that if this is new to you, having the structure behind it and having the method and the framework like you guys share is going to be so helpful for people doing that. So something I also wanted to touch upon is that you have this, I said, it's the 1% love scorecard. Yes, 1% yeah. love scorecard. Yeah, and that's a quiz that you have on your website. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The quiz, we created that to be uh, an, uh, a resource for couples that can easily show them what the health of their relationship is currently and then can give them takeaways, action points to take away and immediately start transforming their relationship. So the way it works is you go to, to the school card, it assesses you based on your relationship based on five key areas, your, the health of your relationship based on five key areas. That can be done it usually takes about five minutes, but if you want to take some time to craft your answers, it may take a little bit longer. It then gives you result, your results. It tells you one of the five zones that you're in. And the highest of those zones is the sacred union of 1% love. And then it gives you three key action points for each of the five key areas. And that's free on our website can be uh, done there, basically. Yeah. In terms. Yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. As you said, it's got the five zones. Have you found that anybody has come in with that 1% sacred union result? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So there are a few other people out there working that. You know, it's the, the beauty about a sacred union of 1% love is you can, in literally, in the space, this is why we've distinguished it as a 30 day period. You can literally experience that within 30 days. Mm. And you can consistently experience it. You can equally experience it within 30 days and then quote unquote fall off the wagon because the practice element is super critical, mm. but you have the framework to do it every 30 days. You can literally renew that sacred union of 1% love experience every 30 days. Mm. So there are folks out here that are doing the work and it may not quote unquote look like the way we've done it, but they're doing the work which leads to the same quote unquote results. So yeah, we have, we have seen people yeah. with that result sacred union of one percent love that's absolutely amazing and when you're talking about the 30 days yes i completely agree that, and that you can see transformation within 30 days and sometimes like the 30 days might even just be you getting familiar with the whole process and then you do it for another 30 days and there's some for every bit there there can be so much information about how long it takes for you to actually really embed a habit and some people say it can take, you know, a couple of cycles of like maybe 63 days, whatever you hear. So that first 30 days could actually be a 
oh yes this is starting and you do it again it just kind of amplifies it and takes it to new heights and experiences there which is so so exciting and you now you are on this commission as what you said this global commission that you have so you know, have you got any vision about how you are going to take this to the world because i know that you're on various different platforms what have you got the vision of how that's going to work yeah so i mean definitely more conversations with the relationship master coach teresha young absolutely your, it would be a joy but we'll have to have some more conversations oh, off yes. line where we we discuss <laughs> how we can partner with each other because we love what we're, you're doing. Yeah. We love your energy. We love your, your message. Your message. Your authenticity and authenticity. It's beautiful. And we know that the half hasn't been told yet in terms of what your skill sets are. And we're looking forward to also seeing you share those offerings as well eventually, whenever they may be, right? Yeah. So there's that. There's also being really being... I would say honoring what the plan is. Yeah. Honoring what the plan is. We have a, a big vision and it really comes down to are we going to honor our word? And yeah. the answer is an an absolute yes. Yeah. Uh we want to be anywhere and everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, in the sense that we want this message, this distinction of one percent love to be a term that people people use and they say, Wow, yes, yeah, I have a one percent love. Yeah. I'm in the quote unquote one percent. Yeah, I do what the ninety nine percent, or we do what the ninety nine percent don't do, yeah. and that's not to finger point, but it's to 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 congratulate ourselves and celebrate yeah. ourselves. We want to create that blueprint cup going forward that will outlive us, because I think when it comes to sacred unions and relationships, none of us have got lessons. Mm. We both come from two very hardworking single mums. You know, we didn't have any examples in our peers. So we know without, before we'd even, you know, established the Spoon Estate. Yeah. You know, if someone could just give us the manual, you know, then it's like, oh, great. So we can just go to this. That's what we want to give to the world. And we'll find that through speaking to incredible pioneers like yourself and, and you know, connecting with all these pioneers across the world and just getting the message out. We do really want 1% love to be a global phenomenon because the mm. world needs it. The yeah. world needs it. And we know that this was just meant to be for us and our sons, but we've seen the bigger picture and yeah. we just can deliver that out. Just like. Oh. And the world, be ready to receive it because it's powerful. I'm excited for your commission because it is absolutely going to be transformational to people. And you know, thank you so much for your acknowledgement for what I do too. And I fully acknowledge you both. And we have talked about the Spoon Estate. Have we gone into details as to what is the you know, the history behind that name? So there's two things, and I always laugh about it. So in our home, we have got a first for order because we're just, we're creatives, you know, we're musicians as well by trade. So everything's a little bit like this, we're a family. So we're like, right, we need a folder with all of our personal affairs in it so that we know what's in there from bills to, you know, the, the boys, what they're going to be doing. So we needed a name for the folder and our surname is Spooner. So we're like, we need something for the Spooner estate. Yeah. So that's basically the name behind it. Yeah, so that and we know. also states being, uh, I'm, I'm a real avid, <laughs> passionate, <laughs> what would you say, uh, like etymology buff. The study right? of words. The study of the history and origin of words. And 
state is a sin, also synonymous with status and or condition. So mm -hmm. what is the condition of the spooners? The condition of the spooners is 1% love. That's what the condition of the spooners is. That's what the status of the, the spooners is. That's what the state of the spooners is, is 1% love. I love that history. I love the why behind a name. It's so important. And I'm sure that's going to resonate with so many people who listen to that. And to be part of this really elite one percent oh gosh it is and it is an elite exclusive place to be because as you said the 99 percent of the people are in the it's okay it's fine it's cool kind of position when it comes to the dynamics and it's just so much more i know we have spoken so much about love we've spoken about connection we've spoken about fulfillment adventure all of that juicy intimacy stuff we've spoken about so i'm going to ask you a question we might have already covered it what I do like to ask my guests is now, what is your personal definition of love for each one of you in the context of romantic um, connection? Oh, what's the first word that comes up for me? Just, I guess, expansion and freedom. Mm -hmm. I think in a space where there's expansion and freedom, everything's possible. And, the, and that speaks to the birth of joy. That speaks to this, the, the birth of, of strength and bliss. Mm. So I think though it's those things when, you know, the first time I ever tried to manifest the love of my life, I was seven. And I remember seeing my mum and dad and thinking, I need the absolute opposite of this. This is true. Uh -huh. And no, no fault to them, but it was like, <laughs> They, and they both had said we just didn't have the communication. Mm. Have it. Yeah. I, I remember cutting out a magazine of you know what I wanted it to be, and I thought I want to be friends with my lover when I get older. I want mm. to be free to be myself. I don't ever want to have to kind of like hide all the quirks about me or who I am or what I like. So that freedom to be myself mm. would encourage that love. I'd know that I'd be in love with my life, in love with myself, in love with my lover. So. That's what comes to mind for me. Oh, that's so lovely. And you, Mishak? I don't know if I should go after that because that was... So <laughs> <laughs> that was the blueprint. I, I don't know what to, to add to that. My personal definition of love, mm. it would be or is... Hmm... Let me feel it. Let me feel it for a moment. Yeah, Sorry. I think I've already said it, and it really is. Ah. Right. I want, as it relates to Annabelle, mm -hmm. I want her to be happy no matter what. I want her to be happy no matter what. I'm committed to her happiness. Mm. It doesn't matter where she quote unquote gets her happiness as long as she gets her happiness. If her happiness is from a source that isn't me, my commitment is that she's happy. Mm. And that really comes from me seeing many moons ago that Annabelle doesn't belong to me. And vice versa. And vice versa. And there is a belonging, certainly there is. We've committed to each other, so there is a belonging. But in the context of polarity, there's the other side of the coin, 
She doesn't belong to me. She came here to have an experience, to this planet, to have an experience mm. in this epoch of time. And she's going to leave and she's going to go on another journey. And she's chosen to have this experience here. And I want her to be happy in that. I want, I'm committed to her, her being happy. So I would say that. Oh, so each individual definitions there and so equally powerful. I love that. Thank you so much for that share. And just the energy of freedom came up for me when you were talking there. You know, when you sum it up in a way, it's that freedom of expansion. It's a freedom for Annabelle to to choose her source of happiness and for her to be happiness and a freedom for you to allow that, for that to happen. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful energy. Thank you so much for that share. So powerful. We are going to be bringing this wonderful conversation to a close. I've enjoyed every single opportunity that we've had in yeah. this conversation. Yes, <laughs> I've enjoyed it so much. It's been wonderful. It will be such an honour if you could share with the audience one key takeaway that, that can help them on their journey of love, life and relationships. Yeah, should I go? You can do it together, Eddie. <laughs> One, two, three. The, the grass, grass is greener where you water it. Yes, sprinkled it right there where you water it. That's powerful. That really is. And so, so true. I love that. I love how it's so harmonized as well. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing it, actually. I thought you were going to go into music and a beat. I was about to. Should I beatbox? Next time. Next, Next time. time. Yeah. Oh, boom, 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 boom. And you can just. Say yes. <laughs> We could do it. We could kind of like collaborate on that aspect. We got that next time. Oh, so amazing. Where are you hanging out? Where can the audience find you? Have you got any events coming up or yeah, please share. Great question. We are primarily on Instagram at the moment. We are on other platforms, but we're on Instagram. That's where most of our time is spent. Mm -hmm. We also have a website which is the spoonerstate.com, which is T-H-E-S-P-O-O-N-E-R state.com and that houses our scorecard quiz it houses more information about our method and just a bit more about us mm. and and our handle on social media is also at the spooner states yeah remember that there is a the in front of it so do remember to put yes. that there too very yes. important. Oh, yeah. well you are hanging out in all of the important places which is fantastic i will thoroughly encourage people to follow your work to connect with you because what you have is absolutely exclusive it's magical and there are not other people i would say in my experience doing what you do so there's no comparison here so do make sure that you reach out to Meshach and annabelle again thank you so much both i've really enjoyed this conversation i know i know it's going to value every single person who listens to it in some way shape or form so again Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Much love. And for everybody who has listened to this wonderful conversation, this dance of a conversation, I want to thank you for your time, for your attention and for your energy. And until the next episode, take great care of yourself and others too. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, make sure to check out the show notes in the description with all the important links and how to connect with and follow Teresha directly. If you are motivated and encouraged after listening to this, 
please follow and subscribe to this podcast. Hey, and whilst you're there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and add a review. We would love to hear what aha moments there were for you. And you know that saying, sharing is caring. So tell your family and friends about this podcast too. So until next time, take great care of yourself and others too.